And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Tonight is Tuesday, September the 7th, 2021. Coming at you during the B block from Champaign, Illinois. My name is Joel. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing, I'm, I'm a little down, Joel. Thank you for asking, and I'll tell you why. I'm coming at you as usual from Brooklyn, where I, for my birthday recently, my wonderful girlfriend got me a crock, a fermenting crock, to make uh, pickles in, essentially. And so, for my first batch of pickles that I wanted to try to ferment, I'm in Brooklyn, right? So I wanted to make kosher-style dill pickles. Oh, you sent me pictures, yeah. Right, and I'm just... Because, you know, it's a Brooklyn tradition. Sure. And so I jammed a bunch of pickles in there. Like Bernie Sanders. Dill, garlic, yeah. black peppers, black peppercorns, serrano chili peppers, and put them in a salt brine. Um, and I came back from Boston where I spent the weekend, and my house smelled amazing, like dill pickles. <laughs> amazing. And the crock was bubbling away, and I opened it up to try one and they were completely had turned to mush, uh, which is- Oh no. Yeah, total failure. Um, I tried to eat one anyway, it was disgusting. So anyway, I have to throw it all away. That's what I'm gonna do after the podcast tonight uh, and try it again. And so I've read that that's that's a danger of happening. I think if I had like, I think they just fermented super fast because it's warm in my apartment and I should have just let them ferment for like a day or two. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. My mom was texting me. She's been doing a quick pickling of uh, peppers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I should ask her to send me a jar because she used to send me jars of pickled peppers, which were just the best snack ever. Just right. Having a jar of pickled peppers like Peter Piper on your desk, and it's delicious. Yeah. So, anyway, that's where I'm at. Top of the crock style. Top of the crock style. I did make um, condor chili this weekend, and Yum. I upped the ground beef ratio, which I'm okay with. So, it's more like a hamburger helper kind of thing right now. Right. Chili kind of thing put it on some hot dogs. It was basically eating a hamburger on top of a hot dog. Um, nice. I was okay with I'm worried about your heart, Joel. I'm not going to yeah. lie. No, 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 no. I have to. I'm starting to be like, gosh, I'm not doing a lot of aerobic exercising lately, am I? <laughs> Yikes. Yep, my, my beer and hot dog and uh, meat-based chili diet. <laughs> Strictly yeah. meat-based diet chili. Maybe really sweet potato bread hot dog buns. Yes. <laughs> I ate some green beans one time. That was okay. I'm uh, on the first day of sober September right now. Right. Which is a thing that I really try to get other people involved in every year because it's a little bit lonely, but no, there's never any takers, not a single one. Okay, so we were talking about this off the pot. My thing is that September, even though it's alliterative, and I'm drinking beer right now, even though it's alliterative, is not the ideal month to go sober. That's my hot take. Right. 
I think it's February. I think it's the shortest. Right. Everyone darkest, goes sober. <clears throat> shortest, darkest, coldest month of the year, February. Don't drink for February. Right. That's what everyone does because well, it's the short month. But the thing is, here's the rub, Joel, is that I do sober September starting after Labor Day, sure. which this year was on the 6th. So right. it's really only like a sober three weeks. Like right. next right. year, it's going to suck. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, good point. So in February, though, you've got the Super Bowl is the only thing. Uh -huh. But I Super don't, Bowl? I don't actually. Valentine's know. Day? Valentine's Day is usually on a Wednesday, even. Um, like I don't, right, you know, I don't either. get shit faced for the Super Bowl. I don't like getting shit faced for the Super Bowl. It's Sunday, I right. work the next day. Like I don't like foot the NFL. I, I, I don't care. <clears throat> or like I don't care about Tom Brady. Why should I care about Tom Brady? You eat so, chili dogs for dinner every day anyway, <laughs> so it's like you you don't really care about the football food situation. <laughs> So it's really easy for me to refrain from alcohol for the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I would go with sober February if I had to pick a month. Right. And September, see, September is the beginning of the college football season. So. Yeah. Like, college football I don't care about that. I know, yeah. Exactly. So for me, it's like September is also, it's like a transitional month, right? Because you're going from summer into fall. The days start to get shorter. It's a good time to kind of like reset yourself for the coming dark winter months. That's what I think. Right, right. that's fair. I, I dig that. That's that's a good point. Um, but okay, here's mm, I'm not Catholic, but I've got Catholic roots in my family. Right, and that makes Lent, which is the second half of February, the first. In March, second half of February to March is Lent. And I've done, right. I have done sober Lent like 10 years ago. Um, but that's like in my mind, the time when it's like the fasting, like time to purify your body. It's the end of winter, your cupboard is bare. You've only got sweet potatoes left. And, and we eat sweet potatoes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we can't afford alcohol anymore. That that's my you know the and the last six weeks of winter. Anyway, I mean six half dozen or the other. Right. Also, like St. Patrick's Day is during Lent, and I used to be a big St. Patrick's Day like get shit faced kind of guy. But as I've gotten older and like angrier, I've gotten resentful of people who get drunk on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Because it's just like... You drink like it's St. Patrick's Day every night anyway, so... <laughs> right. yeah. Same thing with the Super Bowl. Right, right. I eat chili dogs <laughs> and get shit-faced every night. Why is this special? Like, yeah, yeah, no, I don't like St. Patrick's Day. I don't like St. Patrick's Day. I don't like New Year's Eve. Um... <laughs> I don't like any of these kind of like amateur drinking holidays right. because it's yeah, like yeah, people yeah. who really yeah, totally. can't handle their liquor yep. all get drunk and think they're so cool yep. and really they're not. Yep. Yep. Like Joe Rogan. Yeah. For example, Joe Rogan Damn. probably loves St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure he does. I think St. Patrick's Day is the, the most amateur drinking hour of holidays. 
of any holiday. And, and New Year's. I think those are the two. Yeah, I would, I would, okay, I would rank St. Patrick's Day above New Year's. Because New Year's, there's a level where you, like, you wear a tuxedo or a suit and you're going out and you drink a champagne. You're wearing masks. Maybe you're going to a serial killer ball, uh, a ball. You don't know. Is this an eyes wide shut themed if, New Year's party that you're going you to? You don't know if you're going to an eyes wide shut thing. Maybe it's an eyes wide shut thing. Maybe not. Maybe it's a shining thing. Like, either way, Jack Nicholson's there and he has an axe. That's all I'm saying. My number two amateur drinking hour party is Cinco de Mayo. Absolutely. Both kind of ethnically like immigrant based holidays uh, that have been appropriated. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the good drinking holidays are actually the barbecue holidays, right? Memorial Day, that's a good drinking holiday. Labor Day, I would put up there. and, and Yeah, Labor Days. Well, yeah. that's the other thing about Sober September is, I mean, it, it's been canceled the past two years, but this is, Labor Day is usually the day of the West India Day parade in my neighborhood where I go and drink random street liquor and party so hard all day long. Right. And then I'm just so hungover that right. The, the hangover takes me through the first week anyway. So. Right. so so you already give up the first weekend in September to drinking on Labor Day. Right. Yeah, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, also, Fourth of July, underrated drinking holiday. Now, don't drink and blow yourself up, children. And don't drink and shoot other people. That's the other thing I don't like about Fourth of July. But I do like grilling meat and drinking beer, which are the big Memorial Day, Independence Day, Labor Day holidays. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I like drinking on the 4th of July. That's true. That's a good one. All right. So we left off last podcast episode talking about Joe Rogan and why I don't understand why Joe Rogan is the most popular podcaster in the world. Now, I was listening to uh, Behind the Bastards, which I mentioned on this podcast before, which is uh, Robert Evans' podcast. And he was talking about how Joe Rogan most likely has a larger audience than all of CNN combined. Really? Yeah. He's getting like 100 million podcast views a month. Jesus. Yeah. Think about that. Now, this is a guy who might. And how many do we get? A couple hundred. So we're close. We're close. What you're saying is, is we're closing in on. Watch your fucking back. Watch your fucking yeah. Watch because we're close. We're closing in. We're, we're up to maybe slightly more than one million as men, many listeners as Joe Rogan has. Right. Um, but he is also that makes him hypothetically the number one spreader of COVID disinformation over the last eighteen months. If he's got a hundred million listeners. And he's telling them all to take horse dewormer for their fucking COVID. 
Like right. he is like an idiot. a legitimate public health, uh, public health and safety hazard, right? But that's not my real concern with him. My real concern with him is that he's actually not good at radio. Did you ever actually ever listen to the Rush Limbaugh show? No. Because I did once in a while. And like Rush Limbaugh, like, like, okay, so like Joe Rogan is not like explicitly a racist, although I believe that his podcast carries like bizarro white supremacist undertones, but he's not like out there being a racist. Rush Limbaugh was, right? Like Rush Limbaugh was like explicitly racist, explicitly like uh, pro-patriarchy. Like his whole thing was like feminazis, right? Like that was Rush Limbaugh's jam and he didn't even try to hide it. Right. But he was also funny as fuck, knew how to tell a joke and knew how to like carry a conversation, which are three things that Joe Rogan does not know how to do. Right, why is he famous? What's his deal? He's like an he announcer started, for MMA. He, or... he, he did, yeah, MMA and stand-up comedy. And then he transitioned like 10 years ago, I want to say into the podcast business. Huh. And his whole thing is like, I don't know, I'm just asking questions. So I'm going to get this like, so he's not the one squitting let's say, COVID disinformation around. He's inviting some, like, Dr. Nick from upstairs Hollywood Medical School onto his podcast to talk about, like, how uh, hosty woman, what they call ivermectin, something like that, is, like, going to cure you of COVID. And all he does is, like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe you've got a point there. But he's actually... I keep thinking of the parallel being Oprah Winfrey on the other, on like on the quote unquote left. Because nobody falls for more scams than Oprah fucking Winfrey. Right. Isn't <clears throat> so is he a pro-Trumper, Joe Rogan? Uh, Bernie Sanders and then he went to Trump. Huh. Mm-hmm. Because he seems like, I, I don't listen. I haven't listened to his podcast per se. They're very boring. You should not. They're four hours long and terribly huh. boring. Do not listen to his podcast. I've wasted. I feel like I've heard clips, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just, I feel like the like his draw <clears throat> is the same draw as Trump's draw. I agree with that. It's like, I don't know anything and I'm not even pretending to know any, everything, anything. I'm just speaking very confidently and I'm a little edgy, you know? Yeah, yep. Like, well, I'm we, not afraid to be racist sometimes. You know what I mean? Right. So I asked this question on Twitter and I got into an interesting conversation with people who are defending Joe Rogan, who like, I, I do respect that, like, we had a conversation, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like right. most Twitter conversations were making fun of the assholes and what comes out of their assholes, which is like weird KY jelly. Like, why do you keep 
shoving KY jelly up your asshole in your free time. Uh, Here's COVID. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but they were like talking about how folks are fed up with quote unquote PC culture and they're fed up with the government lying to them. And I, I don't know how to say this, or like maybe I'm being a, a, a piece of shit right now, but I don't think so. I understand that, but don't agree with it. Like people see him as some kind of like honest, truth telling, straight shooter, no bullshit, no spin zone. I'm just gonna tell you the truth. That's what people think about Trump, too. Right. Right. And that's what I wanted to get to. But, but they're wrong. You, like, everything he says is just a lie. Right. Yeah. And I think that people who, who present themselves as that generally are huge liars. So mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet that Joe Rogan's a fucking liar. I would bet that also a little bit about me just thinks... He's someone who's easily conned. And he's not right. yet on the con. Other people are conning him. But I don't know. I would give it 60, 40 odds, honestly. Because the other shit he shows on the show is things like cryptocurrency, which is also a con. And like sports betting, which is also a con. Right? Like, he's a snake oil salesman. Whether or not he knows that he's a snake oil salesman, I, I don't know. I'm really curious about it. Right. I think that... Uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, I think that... I was just reading this thing here where he was talking about how he got COVID and then cured himself with that horse dewormer. Right. And I would be willing to bet that one of those two things is a lie. Oh, good point. that's a good point does he know he's lying that's my question right probably to keep the con going on yeah he just strikes me as a a moron but he's a a multi-millionaire I don't get the whole PC culture thing like I think here's here's my take on that. And and I I keep yeah, I don't get it either. Like folks feel like they're being lied to all the time by other people who are in a position of authority. And and they think that's what the PC police are? Yes. And they're confusing. They, people, like, I, I, I'm like a liberal. Let's say I'm a liberal. I, I, yeah, 99 out of 100 times. Like, either I'm a, a socialist or I'm a liberal, whatever. And they confuse someone like me saying, hey, stop what you're doing with you're hurting my feelings. And they think, I'm asking them to stop because they're hurting my feelings. I'm not asking them to stop because they're hurting my feelings. They're not hurting my feelings. They need to stop because they're fucking wrong. Right. 
that's uh, the disconnect right there. They think the, like the, the quote unquote liberal snowflake stereotype is like, oh, you just don't want me to say these things because it hurts your feelings. No, 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 no. I don't give a fuck about my feelings or your feelings. This is not actually about feelings. This is about political discourse and like control of political discourse. So you need to right. shut the fuck up or I'm gonna make you. That, that's the disconnect. And I think there's a whole media apparatus that feeds into that. Right. I just always feel like the cancel culture is like a boogeyman created to like brainwash people into being racist. I think it's a boogeyman. I think people are already okay with being racist. I think it's a boogeyman to, to um, fuck, what am I trying to think of? Discredit what, what the left is saying. So for me, like trans rights, this is something I was talking about earlier on Twitter. Like when you know someone who's trans and they ask you to refer to them in their preferred pronouns, right? I think some folks see that as like, oh, that's this PC. I'm like Joe Rogan has fucking said this. Like you're just being PC. I'm going to call you whatever the fuck I want to call you. You're not hurting the trans person's feelings. They're trying to assert their political rights. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Like, like, I'm not trans. I know people who are trans. I'm. I, I'm not an expert on trans rights, but like to be trans, to be openly trans, you've already dealt with so much shit, right? Like we talked about this with like the Olympics, like nobody is gonna like change their gender so they can win an Olympic event because of all the fucking bullshit you have to go through. I don't know, you ever seen like, that movie, Joanna Man? <laughs> uh, no, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> that was a while ago. It happened in Joanna, man. That's all I'm saying. Oh, it did? okay. It did? It did? Yeah, I think so. I didn't see it either, but I'm pretty sure the premise if was. You're right. Was a... the, like, Joanna, man is like 1996 or something like that. Right. I think the premise of that movie is there was a guy who was like not a good enough basketball right. player to make it into the NBA. Right. So he we just loved basketball, so he pretended to be a woman. Yeah, and Ladybugs was exact. Oh my God, Ladybugs was the exact same premise except soccer. Right. I think the mid '90s was a big thing about that. So anyway, the thing is, though, is that if you just if everyone just started referring to Joe Rogan with she/her pronouns, like he would be like, "No, those are not. That's the wrong pronouns." Right. Right. And it's just the same thing. Right, except he's person. not suffering, except he would not suffer like higher rates of being the victim of domestic violence. He would not suffer like 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 the the odds of being a victim of like random street violence. Right? That's what he does. Right. Like that's all the things that like trans people are going through. Like they don't give a shit about your feelings. They're trying to assert, I believe, like I'm like 
again, I'm not an expert on this. I'm hedging my bets on this, but they don't give a shit about what's in your heart. It's like, no, you will call me by my name. Oh, excuse me, because that's who I'm fucking at. Right. Sorry, I got off on the tangent. I feel like- Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I think we're on the same page. Uh, But that's not, I mean, is, okay, let me ask this as a question. Is that political correctness? And if so, is that a good or a bad thing? Uh, right. I, I'm sorry. Ask that question again. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, so, is that an example of political correctness? And does that make political correctness a good, bad, or neutral thing? Is what the trans rights thing? Yeah, referring to someone by their preferred pronoun. Well, no, see, but that's the thing. That's why it's like a boogeyman is like. Right, right. I like this. Go on. Is that there are people like Joe Rogan or whoever is conning Joe Rogan. Right. Who are pushing a political agenda that is specifically anti-woman, anti-minority, and anti-trans. Mm-hmm. It's like white nationalist. It's a white nationalist. Like it's probably Steve Bannon. Right, it's probably Steve Bannon. It's PC culture is a white nationalist thing. That there we go. Thank you. That yeah. yeah, that that's the correct thing to say. Thank you. Right. And but the thing is is that it's a meme too. Yeah. Like so many white nationalist things, it's a meme. And so people are like, oh, it's okay to like laugh at anti-some jokes that are like a little bit anti-Semitic, like, what are you, the PC police? But the thing is, is like, especially with young people, that escalates to, you know, crashing your car into a crowd of women. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, Killing someone in Portland with a gun. Killing, yeah, killing people or like, you know, rape. Yes. It's like, oh, what are you, some stuck up PC bitch? Like, Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the white nationalist agenda. That's what I'm saying. Which is about control. Which is about right. Which is about yeah. which is about political and financial and cultural control. Yeah. All right. Good job. We did good. Nice. That was thirty minutes on yeah. on white supremacy and trans. <clears throat> right. We did it. So anyway. we did it. Hey. <laughs> We're always like, oh, we're just going to have a nice 30 minutes about sexism. 27.52. Perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. The other thing is that Joe Rogan is just bad at his job. Like I said, you know, like, do you ever listen to Alex Jones or even like Howard Stern? Like Howard Stern's not like openly a hateful man, but like crass humor is its thing, right? Right. But he's funny. He is like I'm I'm gonna say like I'm not a Howard Stern fan, but if someone's like, yo, Howard Stern's funny, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Right, he's funny as fuck. Right, but there's also a difference between like there's a line. 
Yes. And if you cross the line and then get upset about being called out on it, well, then you're probably a victim of white nationalist propaganda, probably. And you're going to lose your job as the play-by-play guy for the Cincinnati Reds. Right. Or your restaurant in Chicago. Or your restaurant in Chicago. Right. And that's not government depression. That's not, that's not a violation of your First Amendment rights. That's you being an asshole. Right. And getting what's coming to you. Yeah. 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 I don't know why people don't understand this thing. I do, because, you know, whatever. Anyway, let me read you the synopsis of Joanna Man real quick. Yeah, do it. Okay. When a pro basketball star, Jamal Jeffries, gets booted from the big leagues after an outrageous on-court stunt, his unwillingness to give up the sport leads to desperate measures. Dressed in drag, Jamal calls himself Joanna Man, and man with two ends, and becomes a star player on a women's basketball team, helping them climb the ranks. He also quickly develops a crush on the team captain, Michelle Vivica A. Fox, who oh. cannot act on his feelings for fear of his true identity being discovered. Yeah, that's just uh, ladybugs for basketball instead of soccer. What year did that come out? 2002. Ooh, okay, I would have guessed it earlier than that. Because, like, the WNBA, I think, started in 96, I want to say. Um, that's so interesting how that's affected. I mean, there's, there's a whole, like, subculture of, like, Black men specifically dressing in drag, right? Like, uh, uh, Medea all the media, the Tyler Perry movies, like, it's a thing. It's a, it, it's a long-term, like, racial stereotype. And then you're like, oh, like, a black man taking advantage of a black woman's sport like that. When I was a child, I loved the movie Mrs. Doubtfire, and I'm kind of afraid to watch it again because I'd be like, oh, no. This is this is not okay. It's probably still good. Robin Williams is funny as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You ever see that movie Too Wong Fu? No. Wesley Snipes and Patrick Swayze are drag queens. Oh no, yeah. Yeah. I did see that movie and they like get lost in the New Mexico desert or Las Vegas desert. Yeah, they go on like a road trip from New yeah. York to LA. Yeah. Yeah, I did see that movie. And maybe John Leguizamo also? Probably. Star studded cast. John Leguizamo is usually in drag in his movies. Because like yeah. being in drag is different. Yeah. No. Yeah, well, John, like, wow, I nailed that. Yeah, dude, John Lake was on one. Yeah, John, because he was in um, Romeo and Juliet, which is the, which, who directed to John Lee? It's not Boz Lerman, is it? Eben Kidron. Okay, no. Hmm. Priscilla, Princess of the Desert. Google that. That's part of it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Hold Queen on, of the Desert. 
Oh, that was Princess Queen of Desert. My bad. Yeah, we're just talking about movies with drag queens in them now. Right. Excellent. But I guess Tu Wong Fu was a movie about drag queens. Rather right, that's, than, that, that's my point. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Rather than Mrs. Doubtfire, which is like somebody who's just... And wacky adventures dressing up like the maid. Right. Yeah. It's like, why is that your first go-to? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a really good question. Like, there's some questions to be asked about that movie. <laughs> okay, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Was that, a, did Boz Lillman direct that? Steve... Stephen Elliott. Oh, dang. Because it's Australian and Buzz Lohman's Australian. Fuck. I, I lose that trivia game. Damn. That's a good movie, though, too. Basically, in my mind, is the same plot as Too Long Too, but now I'm, I'm misremembering it. Oh, yeah. This is, this is the same movie. It's, it's the same plot, right? Like, a bunch of drag queens get the car breaks down in like a redneck town. Right. Yeah. And, and there's three of them. And yep. yeah, Priscilla Queen of the Desert was first. Yep. By a year. Yeah. The, the, the one might literally be a remake of the other. Although, do they fight people in Too Wong Fu? Yeah, Patrick Swayze like punches a cop who's trying to hit on him. Oh, okay. I don't think that happens in Priscilla Queen of the Desert. That came Tu Wong Fu came out like almost exactly a year later. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> anyway, um, I thought I had written down the other things we were gonna talk about. We talked about sober September. Talking about Joe Rogan, talking about drinking holidays. Do you want to talk anything else about baseball? What else is there to talk about? I don't know, man. Um, okay. I think Fenway Park is overrated. Overrated? Overrated. Why? Because when you sit on the third baseline, you have to literally turn 90 degrees in your seat to see the batter at that. Like, otherwise, you're just staring at the green wall. Right, and that's just, like, such a huge inconvenience to you? It's, it's like, so pretty hard big, to It's do. a pretty big inconvenience. It's pretty goddamn annoying. It, 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 it doesn't make for a good Listen, it's an old-ass ballpark. It's, old, it's, it's an old-ass ballpark. It's the nicest ballpark in Major League Baseball. Being an old-ass like, ballpark easily. doesn't make you a good-ass ballpark. Like, that's not necessarily true. It's okay. the best ballpark in Major League Baseball. Like, by far. So, like, Wrigley. When I went to Wrigley, I think I told you this already. Fenway Park is like everything that's good about baseball. It's like the nostalgia. It's like the like iconicness. It's like not named after a payday loan corporation <laughs> or a bank <laughs> or a bank. 
or like some other like corporate entity. There is a thing and over the Oscar, it's like part of the it's like part of the identity of the city that it's in. It's like everything that's good about baseball is Fenway Park. Except the fucking third base line seats just except for Joel has to turn his head a little bit. I no, 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 I do You have to turn your entire body. You gotta do a like a R2D2 shift. You are exaggerating. <laughs> um at Wrigley, what I was really uh frustrated by, I went to Wrigley last month, was that you can't see the field from uh the concourse yeah same way with fenway yeah yeah because they've got that old school the one because it's like 120 years old sure i'm not saying like fine like brewers park is better because you can see the fucking field from the concourse now see i've been to a lot of nice new parks and they are not as nice as fenway park because they like don't have any of the personality. It's like going to a baseball game in a shopping mall. See, you are wrong about that. You are no, I'm not. Totally wrong about. That. I am. I because am not. There's no that. Then there's no way for a new ballpark to be as good as Fenway. Yeah, I don't think so. Like, Unless- we've talked about this a lot <laughs> on the podcast. Like yeah. baseball is like the what baseball is is like the span of generations and the history and like the massive piles of raw data like the red sox team that is playing today is playing on the same field as the red sox team that had ted williams on it like the field is the same the dimensions are the same everything is the fucking same as when ted williams played and so if you like are talking about baseball players throughout the ages like you can have a continue you can have like continuity uh in Fenway Park you can't have that in Yankee Stadium where you can't compare anybody to Babe Ruth ever again because balls fly out of Yankee Stadium like fucking crazy there's like no one will you cannot compare any current Yankee to any Yankee that played before the new ballpark was built you just can't do it you you you're making a no true Scotsman argument. You're you're saying that there's like it's impossible to build a new park that will ever live up to the expectations of Fenway or Wrigley. Yeah, it's true. That's okay, fine. But uh I like PNC Park and I like Target Field. They're excellent baseball stadiums. Yeah, I like City Field. You know, Camden Yards is really nice. They're not as nice as Fenway. Sure, fine. (laughs) Um, We should have an after the baseball season. We need to have an entire segment devoted to this because I think I've brought it up on this podcast before. There was a plan for quote unquote new White Sox Stadium to be like a neighborhood park which was like more like Camden than, you know, the monstrosity that it is now. Um, and it was based on the idea that a baseball park 
ought to be located within a community, which Fenway is and Wrigley is. Now, the problem with that is that then you need blocked seating, right? Because in order to have the 100 and the 200 levels connected, the way they are at Fenway and Wrigley, you have to have the pillars that block whatever, a tenth, let's say, of the seats. But if you don't have those pillars, then you have the very vertical stadium style seating, which White Sox Stadium is like the pinnacle of, where you feel disconnected from the field, like you're a million miles away because you're 300 feet up in the air or something. <clears throat> right, and you love that. No, I'm, I'm agnostic. I see the advantages of both. I'm not convinced that like blocking people's view is a good, good move. I don't know. There are no, I've sat behind those pillars at Fenway. It's still better than sitting in the way, sky. Way the fuck up. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I, yeah. Like I would trade I in and I would. I won't argue that, yeah. I mean, there are no bad seats at Fenway. There's a good view from every seat. Yeah, except I gotta like do this every time someone wants to hit the ball. <laughs> right, but at least you're on the field. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> All right, put a pin in this. We're gonna continue this conversation. I think I. It's think not. That's, it's not a conversation. You're just wrong. No, no, we need to make this a conversation because the White Sox had an entire, like an architect design, a like neighborhood style stadium for them in like 1992. And they, they actively rejected it. And it may be the worst decision that has been made in the history of the Chicago White Sox. Like they, this architect, was like, hey, I've got this cool, excuse me, it was more like Camden Yards. It wasn't like Fenway or, or Wrigley. <laughs> but you were going to have like a neighborhood style, low to the ground, baseball stadium. And the owner, Ryan Stewart, was like, nah, we need tall, looks like the Death Star. Surrounded by parking lots. Surrounded by parking lots. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Right. So that you can just like the only thing you can bring to a community is like a shitload of drunk drivers. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. For better and for worse. Mostly for worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Fenway is the best ballpark in Major League Baseball. Yeah, but I got it. I'm tired of what. I can't see who's hitting. Okay, Joel. Next time we go, we'll get you a seat where you're facing home plate, Thank so you, you don't have to move your head at all. Thank you. Thank you. I like not even that. I'm looking at like the green, the 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 green wall. I'm like, it's called the green monster. The green wall is a rapid in Oregon. Is a what? 
a rapid, whitewater rapid on the river in Oregon. Which, right. The yeah. wall in Fenway Park is called the Green Monster. Yeah, they should switch names. Oh my God. Sorry. <laughs> All right, we're done. Sorry. I'm pissing Sam off. Sam. <laughs> we're done. We're done. <laughs> Jesus. Sam. I think that just literally everything and everyone should just completely readjust their lives and lifestyles and names and everything to accommodate you, Joel. Why like that's not? What I, that's what I think should happen. It's like, oh no, you know what? Joel doesn't like to turn his head. Let's tear Fenway Park down, okay? And just make some shitty ballpark where every seat is facing home plate so that Joel won't have to turn his fucking head when he goes there every four years. Give me a fucking break. I, I don't see the problem. <sighs> All right, we got a long sober September ahead of us. Ah, this has been Dump on the Yump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. This has been the B Block. I think we, I think, I think we learned a lot tonight. Yeah, everyone, what we learned tonight is everyone needs to stop listening to Joe Rogan and start right. listening to Dump on the Ump. Right. Exactly. Uh, for Sam, this is Joel. This has been Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. Follow us on all your social media applications. That includes Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, that's about it. You can listen to us on a podcast. SoundCloud and or Spotify. For saying my name is Joel, this has been Dump on the Ump. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow. <laughs>